They're all men dressed in like cow hides and they have like these big masks on. If I hear the bells on Klausenthal, my whole body is uh, uncomfortable. It's so deep inside, you cannot believe it. Like, I, I remember a severed goat leg on the table. Uh, one of them, like, I remember dunk, he, like, dunked a, a chicken head, like a severed chicken head, like a real one, into my glass of wine and was, like, drinking. And welcome to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. I'm your host, Jordan Prince. This week, we're going to do things a little bit differently because Mo and I both had a lot of extra garbage on our plate this week, to be honest. And basically what that means is that we're going to talk about a very special event that takes place in Germany in certain villages in very different ways called Klausentag. It's on December 6th every year, and it's taken place for a long time. We're going to do it in two separate parts, and this week... I'm going to take the lead by telling you my experience with Klausentag, my perception of it, my relationship to it, my <laughs> my unbound fear towards it. Basically, as a foreigner, you know, I visited this place knowing nothing about this weird, special holiday. And so earlier I recorded my story, and I'm going to share that with you soon. And we also have a story from an elder, a wise man who has seen many, many different generations of this take place. I'm very excited uh, to share his insight about Klausentag. I'm going to leave that as a little bit of a teaser. And we have a story from another foreigner, a friend of mine from America who only once and probably never again visited Germany uh, to see Klausentag specifically in that time of the year. And she has quite the tale uh, to tell, if I do say so myself. But we're really happy that you guys are here and that you're listening. We hope that you are excited about the holidays and maybe even more excited for the end of 2020. It is getting closer. Just here at the top of the show, I would like to say that if you are a fan of this show, if you like to listen every week, please tell a friend about us. Help spread the word and, you know, get someone involved. Um, If you want to support the show, what you can do is go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince. Hey, that's me. You can go there and for as low as $3 a month, you can support this show, what we do here. You can help us build, um, you know, save money towards better equipment can buy us a pizza. Anything like that really goes a long way. And, you know, whatever platform you're listening to this on, you can give us a share. Especially what's most important is, is if you are an artsy-fartsy immigrant or you know somebody who is, you can write us on Instagram at artsy-fartsy immigrants. You can follow us there to see updates about new shows, about new content. We also share promo from our previous guests, what they're up to now. 
or you can send an email to podcast at m945.de. Thank you so much for those who are already supporting us on Patreon and who have already uh, left comments or ratings or shared us on iTunes. That really helps new people find us. So thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the first story of this episode, which is uh, maybe maybe selfishly my own, <laughs> but um, this was my experience with Klausentag, and I hope you like it. So Klausentag is this very old tradition that takes place in different parts of Germany, um, and I think every region of Germany, and maybe even other parts of Europe, it takes place in different ways. There's different costumes, um, different rituals, but I think in general, it all kind of means the same thing. I think it represents kind of a, um, a cleansing to, to cast out these uh, evil spirits and to um, give a, a fresh sort of welcoming to uh, St. Nicholas. And in Oberstdorf, um, where Mo is from, and where Ify is from, it's done. It's done in a very unique way. In this town, it's done in a way that uh, can be pretty terrifying, <laughs> uh, but it can also be kind of fun. And I remember the first couple of times that I went to Oberstdorf for Klausentag. Um, uh, actually. I still really vividly remember the first time that I went. I guess I moved here about five years ago, so it was that first uh, Christmas. It was uh, 2015. So I haven't gone every single year. I think I've gone three times, and I am not really sure how to feel about it uh, every time that I talk about it. Basically, one really important thing that you should know is that uh, my brother-in-law is sort of a popular, a really popular guy in this town. He's very successful and he has a lot of friends. And he lives in a house directly in the center of this town. So when the Klausen, that's what you call the men in the costumes, the Klausen, um, when they're running around, you have to you have to imagine that they all know him. They all know who he is, and they know that he lives right in the center of the town. So, you know, they kind of make a beeline for his house. They they make it a goal or a, sort of a, a they make his house a target, sort of for their destruction. He doesn't always let them in. He's not always in the mood for the festivities. And I'm kind of thankful for that, that he's not uh, extremely excited every year to participate. But sometimes he is. And I've been there a couple of the times when he let them in. So the routine of the evening, at least in this family, goes like this. Basically... We would meet there at at, uh, my brother-in-law's house uh, relatively early, uh, maybe late afternoon. 
And we would go there with uh, the parents and um, the grandparents when when they were alive and make a really nice sort of wintry style dinner out of the whole thing. Either it was a, um, I think it was just a very large broadside. Um, broadside, of course, we've talked about it on the show before, but it's a very common uh, German meal and it's with bread and uh, it translates to bread time. So it's with bread and butter and you have different meats and vegetables and, and cheeses and stuff. And I think we made one of those and then there's they're always making this really traditional um, wintertime drink called Glühwein. And I think most people would know what this is. It's mulled wine. It's like a hot, sweet wine. Um, it tastes like a warm punch. It's, it's really delicious, and it's very easy to get pretty drunk on it. And we'd make that, and we'd make the food. And then at some point, I'm not exactly sure of the time I know Mo is going to know this but I think around 7 or 8 o'clock I'm not positive they have the main Klausen run so the main Klausen run is when everyone gathers to the main street and the main street goes uphill pretty far into the mountain and everyone lines up kind of like you're expecting a parade to start and you hear in the distance several big jangling weighted cowbells and the noise builds and builds and builds and you realize there's I don't know maybe a hundred people with these big bells on their on their waist like a belt and that sound is so um, it's so unique to this event it's really it's really scary actually <laughs> um, and it's impressive that's it's such a dynamic effect and it's so practical you know it's just uh, cowbells but it works in a really interesting way and they uh, from the main road you see all of a sudden you hear the bells getting closer and closer and closer. And then this is the main Clausen run where they, they say, okay, like the evening is starting now. So they all run through the main street and you get to see, I don't know, sometimes 60, sometimes a hundred, sometimes maybe more. I think in the older days it was even more, um, but a lot of um, people. And the special thing about how they look probably comes most from their headdress, from their helmet. Um, a lot of these are passed down from different generations. Some of them are made new, but they're all really authentic, um, genuine material um, sort of mascot heads. Um, the only downside for them is that they have these really tiny eye holes. So you can, you can avoid them I found out you know, pretty easily if you just move around in a certain way, um, they can't see so well at night, especially because they're also getting drunk. <laughs> but they um, they have normally these huge sort of, I don't know, like I guess Mo can describe it better, but these huge fur sort of anim animal replicant mascot heads with you know cow fur or goat fur on them with patches of different colors 
um, and then like real horns coming out, like bull horns coming out of the top, and it's really, uh, it's really an impressive image. It's a really stark and like scary image to to see, especially when they're just you know pounding down the street at at full speed. You can tell they're a little bit liquored up. They've got a lot of adrenaline, and they're looking for you. They want you. So that's kind of a, an exhilarating thing. As the routine continues, you know, they they come down the main street and, you know, sometimes, it, you know, they have these, um, my mom would call it a switch. They have these long, slender wooden sticks that they can swing very quickly and they pop on your leg and they hurt like hell. And, you know, sometimes on the main street they might stop on the sidewalk and give you a few pops or whatever and then they just keep running and they're not supposed to do too much on that main run this is just like the opening event but from then on out until this until sunrise a lot of the Klausen will um, stay out in the town and it's you know for the teenagers it's kind of a game they go out and they try to get caught and there's you know countless stories from friends of mine, you know, from that region who talk about, you know, uh, I don't know, having a few drinks and running around, uh, trying to avoid them, getting busted, you know, getting like punished or whatever. And I think when you grow up there, I mean, when you're a little young kid, I think it can be kind of traumatizing for a lot of them. But when you're older, when you understand that it's just people in masks, then I think you can have some fun with it. Especially when you see their weaknesses, like how they can't see so well. But so when they run, normally we would go back to my brother-in-law's house and sometimes we'd stand on the second floor balcony and then you can look out and you can see, you know, people getting chased and you can hear the bells clinging in the distance and, you know, you're just having like warm Glühwein and you're safe there. But like I said before, everyone knows him and the main thing about Clausen, it's it's a bit like in folklore with vampires or something. You know, you have to invite them in. So the thing is, they go throughout the night sort of chasing down teenagers, but the main thing that they do, their main purpose is to be invited into people's homes where they sit down at the table and they're offered um, drinks. So they, you know, when they sit down, they remove their helmets, then they're just people. And then they're drinking, you know, this uh, schnapps that's native to that region, Ensian, and uh, beer. And I guess they're eating some some leftover sausages and bread and stuff. And I was always told that once they sit down at this point, once they've rested and the helmets are off, that it's not as scary anymore. But the thing is that at some point, it's time for them to go. And all they've been doing since they've been sitting down is getting their energy back. So when they put the helmets back on, they are sort of blackened with rage and they have this new adrenaline and this new power and um, 
there was this one particular year, I think it was about three years ago, when I had gone there reluctantly. I don't always like to go. And I was sitting at the table um, with my brother-in-law and some of his friends and Ify, and they let the Klausen in. It was maybe four or five guys. And they and these these guys are really young. Uh, one imp- important thing that I forgot to mention is that is that to be a Klausen you have to be a bachelor. So it's usually young single men, late teens, early twenties, things like that. And they all came in. You know they make a lot of noise. They they bang on the walls. They stomp the floors. They growl. They scream. They really try to scare you. Kind of like if you go through a haunted house and some guy has like a fake chainsaw and a clown mask. It's that, that's that vibe. But then they sit down and they take the masks off. And then I realized, I recognized a few of them and they knew me, of course. You know, I'm in this town a lot. I'm the only loud American guy. So they knew me too. And so we were talking. It was very friendly. It was kind of fun. They had like crazy bloody animal parts. And it was a weird, a weird, but kind of comforting experience with the whole thing. But then they put the helmets back on. And that's when I <laughs> I got a little scared because they they, you know, they knew me and they were already in the house and they were about to get uh, crazy again. I think my mistake was a very poorly timed cigarette. I was I swear to God, I think my shower curtain just fell and that petrified me just now. <laughs> um, oh man, where was I? So I think my, my mistake was a poorly timed cigarette. I was, I knew that they were getting ready to go and they were being really friendly still. So I went out with one to, to, to smoke a cigarette and oh man, we stood there and all of a sudden the other four or whatever came out of the house and they had their helmets on and they were ready to go. And the one I was talking to, his, this, this look in his eyes changed and he bent down to put the helmet on and he came up really like raging fast and with all this energy and he kind of grappled with me. And, you know, you remember these helmets have these long real antlers on them or horns, both. And he came up and it, the horn cut my forehead from my eyebrow to like my, like my, the peak of my hairline. And man, you know, just, just to be kind of tipsy and to see this monster in front of you and then you touch your head and there's blood, you know, it's kind of a scary, like a freaky event. Now, of course, to anyone who's from this region and to anyone who's like trying to prove something about being like a real tough guy for some reason... Um, this sounds like such a, probably like, um, like I'm like a big baby or something, but it was really crazy and I'm not used to this at all. And, you know, then they were, maybe I'm getting one of the experiences, the two bad ones mixed up, but this one I think was the same one where they, they like had me on my knees outside and they were telling me to sing. I started to sing some song from the band and then at some point, I just got up and ran to the corner of the fence in the yard, but, you know, they couldn't see so well, so they looked for, like, a second, and then I just dipped behind the house, and then they ran off back into the night. And I ran into the house, and then I was just bleeding, and I was upset, and 
you know what the reaction was? Everyone just laughed. <laughs> Everyone was just like, well, they got you. And I was just there, you know, and I had to get over it. And I had to really just accept that this is just a totally different culture from what I'm used to. They were never really going to cause like serious pain. It was just, you know, that maybe the cut was an accident. They just wanted to give me a scare and rough me up a bit because I'm the American guy. And then I felt kind of, you know, what do you call it? Like hazed. Like I was welcomed finally into the into the club, like a fraternity. I was kind of like, okay, I went through it. I didn't like it so much, but it didn't kill me. And now we're all laughing about it, and I'm just being offered drinks and uh, hearing good stories and good jokes. And there's something about it that I understand people being drawn to, but I think still when I get the choice to go there or not, I'm probably going to choose not to go. Okay, that's my story. I hope you liked it. I hope I didn't turn you off too much from it. I think what will be a nice change of pace here from my sort of naive approach to this whole experience would be to just send you to the wise man, the master of storytelling, the the mage of magic. <laughs> I, he's an interesting guy. Let's put it that way. Very interesting guy who has seen many, many different generations of this take place. I think he's going to have a very different perspective on this than I ever did. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sepp. Do you have any insight into the history of Klausentag? Do you know when it started or why it started? Ah, I think it was an old behavior, and uh, it started. It was before Christ. As, as far as I know, it's uh, it's very old, and uh, it was a pagan thing that happened since since ever. It was here in the mountains, you know. It's mm-hmm. um, I, I know from from my grandfather, from my father. I know from everybody that there were Klausen on sixth on sixth of December every evening. Okay, and so it's been it's been like thousands of years. <laughs> it's, it's been. Th- I think so. I'm I'm not well educated. I, I don't. I'm not. A, <laughs> I cannot. Uh, uh, but but all these old behaviors like Wilde Menle, like Clausen, they're yeah. very very old, and uh, yeah, they especially happened in in valleys very close mm-hmm. to the mountains. And as far as I know, it was it, it happened in the Alps, you know, in Austria, in, in Oberbayern, in Allgäu, and and um, I think it it has a close relationship to. To the Alpine, um, to the Alpine people. Do you know, like, what it's supposed to represent? Because there's, there, of course, things like this. You imagine it's, you know, like chasing away evil spirits or something. Is it connected like yeah, that? I think, yeah, I think it was like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, uh, it 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 it's, it was uh, it, it's always on sixth of December, so it's uh, the start of the winter, mm-hmm. and I could imagine, but I don't know it exactly, that uh, they they tried to um, 
vertreiben tut. To keep away the ghosts of winter and, and cold and, and everything. I think this is uh, the thing it was. But I'm no specialist in that. <laughs> would you say? Um, would you say that it's gotten more intense over the years or less intense? In terms less of like, you know, yeah, you know, it, you cannot imagine how it was when I was a boy. But it was even harder when my, my father was a boy and uh, you know in in former times nobody went out on the street like today today children are going out having fun but <laughs> I, when i was a child the best thing on Klausentag was when they were gone and i could go to bed i never <laughs> would have gone out of the street never 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 what did they when it when it was your father's generation? I mean, what did they what did they do? What were they known for? Yeah, they were very brutal. You know, nobody went on the streets with the exception of grown up men, but no children, no women. And uh, my my father always told me a story about about his uncle when when he went Klausen, mm-hmm. and he told him the story that. Um, there were some men sitting in a in a restaurant drinking beer, playing cards in the evening, and there was one woman. She was called the Birschnader, <laughs> and she was kind of a loose woman. Um, she was a loose woman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and she said on Klausentag, in in such a restaurant with uh, with guys drinking beer and somehow the Klausen get known of it and they went into this restaurant they put her pulled her out of, of the restaurant undressed her completely and then they, they chased uh, her um, through a whole village oh my god Threw her in a in a wooden well. Is that okay? Wooden well, like a, a well in the forest, a well or a fountain or how's yeah. it called? You know, like the deep where waters. There's water inside where, where 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 cows can drink out. Yeah, a well. Mm-hmm. So they in the they were always wooden wells, you know. Oh, okay. And they threw her into this well, and. And chased her down the whole village uh, until the, the, the road to, to Santofen began, you know? Oh, my God. So, so you, Yeah, so you can imagine what it was in that time. And the funny thing is that she uh, went to the police. She went to the police to complain about the violence and they, they didn't do anything about it? Yeah. She did. Her, how do you say when you want the police to? She went to she accuse went to the police yeah. uh, and said, "Hey, arrest this, arrest these guys because uh, you see what they did to me." And 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 uh, my father's uncle, he was sent to jail. I think for fourteen days or so. Oh and the funny God. thing, and the funny thing is that she 
had some had done some bad things too and also went into the same jail <laughs> and, and my uh, my father's uncle he he was a good worker he was a, a timber worker and uh, so he, he he wanted to work in, in the jail and they said okay you can uh, distribute the food and he distributed the food and and one of the prisoners she he had to distribute the food was was the Vishnu, the 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 woman uh, <laughs> that they uh, oh the and he always said he brought her the meal and always spit into this into the <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's a funny that's a really funny story but yes yeah, now you can imagine how it was it was not it was it was not PC. <laughs> it was not thinkable. It was not. Um, yeah, it was like incomprehensible that you would even mess yeah, around with these. Yeah, it was it was really incomprehensible that a woman went into a restaurant on Klausentag. So, in former times, the Klausen they came into the houses. They they had no fun on the on the streets like like today. Oh, okay. And everybody sat at home and they waited until they came. And I had the luck that when I was a child, that I knew exactly they came one time. They mistreated us and we knew exactly when they were gone, we went into bed and then it was over. Right. And and it was the happiest <clears throat> evening whole year because we knew that the next big uh, party will be Christmas party with uh, the Christkind, you know. Oh yeah, Jesus child. Mm -hmm. And from the, it was the worst day, but it was the happiest evening. <laughs> when you uh, when you were a little kid like that, and they would come into the house, what would they do in, in the house? Because I've seen it myself nowadays. What happens when they come in the house? But I imagine it's pretty different. Yeah, we sat around the table with my sisters. My parents, my grandparents, we were waiting there, and uh, you know, I was—we had such a bad gut feeling. We had, we had uh, so many. We were so terrified in front, and and you hear you you heard some bells somewhere, and then uh, you started sweating, and then. And then it get got louder and louder, and they knocked on the on the window. We always closed the the wooden window With the shutters, the, yeah, yeah, the shutters. Uh, and they they it was normally it were three or so, and then they came inside. Everybody tried to get into the, the to the last edge that they could not could not take you out. But then they said, "Okay, Joseph, come out," and if you wouldn't have come out. They they gonna pull you out over the table, and then uh, they told you some of the things mm -hmm. you had done of the bad things, and said, "Oh, what did you do there?" And said, "Oh, I'll never do that again." And, and then normally we had we had to pray. We had to kneel kneel down. Yeah, we had to pray to to say a prayer. We had to sing a song or something, and then we got. Uh, after all this, all this, they, they weren't, they didn't hurt us, you know, they, they, they took us, they shook us, they, uh, it, it was, it was not a, a physical 
thing. It was it was a psych uh, psychological. It was a psychological thing, you know. We we were so scared, you know. It began four or six weeks before Klausentag, and if something happened, always our mother said, "If you don't do that, the Kla- I will tell it to the Klausen." And we were so good boys. We were so well behaved over <laughs> four or six uh, six weeks. But after Klausentag, everything was gone, and we were forever. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, as children, we we did not know that these were human beings. We right. Told, yeah. Sure. These were these were monsters out of the mountains, and my father had names, and and the names came from from the mountains around. And there was a Schatzberger, the Keyberger, and he told me the whole you you know they're somewhere in a hole they live and they come out. Oh my god! And, yeah. So how how old were you? When you get older, yeah, you talk with your with your comrades and your, and your buddies, and they say, "Hey, that's not this up." real man and so and uh and then uh, <laughs> i was i was i was very proud i said oh i know that these are not monsters these are human beings and then what happened uh, one day me and my best friend Müller, we came we came from uh, school and on on our way home there was a garage along along our school uh, school way or how do you say yeah, on the way to school there was a. On the way to school there was a garage. Yeah. And on the windowsill there was some pipe tobacco, and we stole that pipe tobacco to try to <laughs> to smoke. And the woman, she, she the family was called Suhi, and uh, the woman. Uh, who owned the garage saw us stealing this tobacco and she called my mother and my mother didn't say anything it was maybe two weeks before Klausentag and then it was the old story they came in I had to come out but I said these are these are human beings I don't believe this old shit and then he said who stole this tobacco out of Suki's garage? <laughs> and I couldn't speak anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I believed, hey, my father's right. They are not human beings. How can you know that? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that so was, good, man. That was that was. Uh, how Klausentag was, yeah. That's terrifying. That's so. Yeah, so, yeah. how old were you? Do you think when you finally realized that they were just guys? I don't know, ten or twelve, or don't know, okay. something like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so when they came in the house, when they were when you were a kid, they never they never took the helmets off. I guess right because now when I've been there, they always take the helmets off. Even and whenever uh, Ify was also a kid, they took the helmets off. Right. No, never. No, no, no. But if your kids they didn't take the helmet off, they came in. They they punished us. They they gave, gave us little gifts, and then they went away. I never saw. I never saw a head of a, of a Klausen. First time was when I, when I I I went Klausen myself. Never saw a head. Never. They never took off. <laughs> I, I, I have this. I have this feeling that until you were like seventeen or eighteen. 
you didn't you still weren't really sure if they were human or not until you became I one. Was, I, was, I, was, I was I was sure but it didn't it didn't help, you know. It's now I'm 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 59 years old and if I hear the bells on Klausentag, I mm-hmm. always have a, a bad gut feeling. I'm, yeah, my whole body is uh, uncomfortable. It's so deep inside, you cannot believe. I, I definitely understand that because whenever I talk to anybody who was, uh, or anyone especially who's not a Klausen, who grew up there, like it's not that many people, but a few of the girls I've spoken to, it's it's the same it's the same instinct. It's like you hear one bell in the in the distance, and you get immediately, you know, fear, and you're shaking, and your eyes are wide open. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how? So that was when you were a kid. How was it when you finally became one? Like, did the rules change a bit, or you know, what was like a crazy a situation when you were when you were behind the mask? Yeah, it changed. You know, the the first time I went Klausen, I was I, don't know, I was sixteen or seventeen or something like that. Uh, and we dressed and we, we made made our dress and everything and the horns and then I started to walk in and I saw other clouds and then I was I was so scared to see and then uh, and then I realized that, oh they they won't hit me because I'm uh, I'm close too um, yeah but you know mm. we we visited some we always we we never ran around this this big round how it is today so we had. Don't know five, six, seven houses where we went into. Uh, in the the first houses with children, and we did our job, as I described it. Uh, and we never took off our, don't say helmets. I say heads. You know, it's called head. It's like Close a head, head. Yeah, it's like a yeah. big, like a cow we, we, head. We didn't, we didn't, never put off our heads. But then we went to families of friends. Then we had some beers and some schnapps, and then you you put you put off your your head and you go into the next one. And I always love to go into into houses, private houses. I never li- like to run around. And then it began. The ch- children were around, and they they wanted to. They want to try it, like pick up the head, or no? But they they ran a, ran away, and then they say bad things. So I didn't like this never. I, I always liked it. Went to go into houses, and in the first house you had one beer, in the second two, and then uh, <laughs> in the last house you stayed until five or six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> how many yeah. years? How many years did did you do it? You think? I don't know. Uh, Four or five. Not too long because uh, I I was very young when I I got father. I was twenty one. Yeah. Uh, and. I didn't want to leave my my wife and my son alone, so I did it. Don't know four or five years, not more. Okay. And when do you think, like, from the time that you were a Klausen, you know, did you see even more shifts from when your son became one, or when, uh, you know, like when when Ify was a kid and stuff? Did it change even more? Because now, now when I see it, like the stories, like the way that I experience it now, of course, for me is intense because I've never seen anything like that before. But, you know, for me, it's it's wild as it is. But when I hear about stories from the past, it does seem like it got crazier. I mean, do you like being from there? Do you 
still have a lot of respect for the ritual itself, or do you think it's lost some of the um, original essence that it had, or how do you feel about it now? You know, I'm I'm an old white man, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there are more and more young people who never had this experience as a as a young boy, because everybody can can uh, run this Klausen. So many of them, they don't know the traditions and they don't know how to behave. They don't even, you know, there, there are some special screens, there's uh, some special behaviors and uh, yeah, there are more and more who don't even speak the right dialect, you know, and a, and a, and a Klaus who doesn't speak uh, a dialect is, uh, is kind of a clown. You know, that's the problem. But there are uh, enough young young guys who who have know the tradition, and they go around. They often go into houses, and and when if he was a kid, and, and my children were uh, when my children were were small, and we had Klausen at our house, we always had young guys from Oberstdorf who knew exactly how to do and how to behave. And uh, I think they are still around, but now. Uh, if if I stay at my son's house, there are many friends of him, and uh, it's more fun, you know. Do you see um, Do you see the numbers of Klausen per year getting less? Do you imagine that one day it will stop? I don't think so. No, you know, we have the with the Wildemendlers dance. It's the oldest dance of all Europe. It's uh, more than two thousand years old. So. Um, wow. I don't think it will stop and uh, you know there are always young boys who who had the same experiences as I had and I hope they will have it in the future too and I'm convinced it will survive this old behavior do you have any advice for someone like for someone like Mo Bat who is a you know, would be a Klausen in a few days this year if it wasn't for Corona? Um, yeah. To have a, a small group, to go in special houses, to try to do it with children. I think this is something you learn how to behave, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, it's It's just running around the streets and, and beating up some guys around like you. <laughs> There's another good story. I played hockey, you know, and we had, we had some uh, teammates from, from the USA. They were college boys playing one season ice hockey here in uh, Oberstdorf. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had, uh, we, we, we practiced the day after Klausen and they said, Hey man, yesterday there were fish monsters around, <laughs> and they they were so frightened, and they they got into a fight because they said they they attacked us, and we and and they were good fighters, so <laughs> they knocked them down, <laughs> and and the name Hirsch monsters was great, you know. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. So good. I think it's it's a nice old behavior, and I, and I hope. I hope it will stay for the next hundred years. 
And I'm conv- and I'm, I'm convinced they, they it will. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much, man, for your stories and for the humor. And I appreciate I appreciate it a lot. We're really thankful that you uh, decided to 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 call and talk about it. Yeah, sorry for my bad English, but uh... we've had worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no so problem. All the best, and I hope. Uh, uh, as I heard today, um, this year the Klausen Tag will not take place. So you can come to Oberstdorf uh, without fear <laughs> and without being horrified and terrified and scared and frightened. And uh, I invite you to come and I can uh, tell you some good old stories about old days. <laughs> All right. I'm in. It sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right, Joseph. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. Okay, see you. All right. Bye bye. All the best. Bye bye. Okay, thank you so much, Joseph, for those great stories and those good laughs. We really appreciate it. Some insider knowledge right from the source. That's really special. That's that's the kind of quality content you're gonna get right here on Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. <laughs> Um, I want to give you guys one more story, one more perspective from and about Klausentag that I think you're going to appreciate. It's a nice, uh, funny one to wrap up the this part one about it. Um, it's from the perspective of my good friend, Sarah. She is a martial arts master. Uh, she's a great photographer. She's a lovely person all around. She's one of mine and Efi's best friends. And she, uh, I mentioned her in my story, she came for Klausentag a few years ago. And this is her her takeaway on it. So I'll just let her go from here. So, Klausentag. Uh, if, uh, if, if you've heard of this, I hadn't heard of it um, until... One of my great good friends, Efi Geiger, who is from Oberstdorf, Germany, enlightened me on this occasion, um, which at the time that she told me about it, it was like, oh, it's like this tradition um, in, in this town, this like Bavarian mountain town in Germany, in the south of Germany, um, <clears throat> where it's like, uh, I think Krampus I think, I don't know. It's like, do they, they live in the mountains or something? And then every year uh, on December 6th, they like come into the town and like rid the town of demons. I think, I think I'm remembering this correctly. But anyway, it never really sounded too terrifying to me um, as like my, my friend Efi described it to me because you know like she would just talk about like this tradition and how like it was like her favorite time of the year and this is coming from someone talking about Efi who is not like <laughs> I don't want to uh, she you know scares easy I guess so like I never thought of it as anything terrifying um and then I was lucky enough to travel to Germany to celebrate uh Efi's birthday which is late November and then you know I was still there for December 6th, uh, which is when it happens. And she was like, yeah, like, we're going to go. It's going to be great. And then day of, she, like, 
you know, starts getting a little anxious. She's like, you know, she's still pumped about it, but she's a little anxious. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, what, like, what am I going into? I think it was, I only experienced it one time because Jordan was also there. And I don't remember if my first time experiencing it was his first time experience it, ex- experiencing it. I'm not sure. But anyway, whatever. Cut to, we are in Oberstdorf. And you know, like the, the, the initial part is that they all run through the streets. And these are people, like they're all men dressed in like cow hides and they have like these big masks on and like they're covered in cowbells and I don't even know. So like the, the way they kick it off is that they like run down this main street of the town, kind of like a herd. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we're waiting and Ethy is like, you know, like she's excited like a little kid, but she also like kind of wants to run away. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, this girl has experienced this every year of her life and she's still scared of it. So what the fuck's about to happen? And they all run through the main street and immediately start whipping people like with whips. And I, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, like if this happened where I live, like how would it be received? You know what I mean? It's like, what, what is this? Anyway, so Ify has already run down the street at this point. Like she just ran away, like probably in an alley somewhere. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so cut to, um, everyone kind of like scatters and the the idea is that you go into, um, into your houses while they like go around, you know, doing their thing, terrorizing or cleansing the town of demons again unclear anyway so we go to her brother's house um and apparently like you know if you're like a well-known person in the town they'll like come in and have a drink if you leave your door unlocked it's kind of like they like break up into pods and they like you know go around town you know like make their little stops and they'll come into your house and they'll cause a ruckus but then like you know then they'll like take their masks off and have a drink with you and they did that um and i remember Man, they were carrying around, like, chicken heads and, like, I remember a severed goat leg on the table. Uh, One of them, like, I remember he, like, dunked a a chicken head, like, a severed chicken head, like, a real one, into my glass of wine and was, like, drinking. And I was like, uh, no. And then he drank it. I was like, you are, like... I don't even know. Um, we were all a little tipsy at this point, and they, um, you know, like, as they make stops around the town, like, they're getting more and more belligerent because everyone's, like, feeding them alcohol because that's what they do. And then we get to the most terrifying part. Poor Jordan. He, uh, you know, American boy, and they know he's becoming more, you know, like, better known in this in this town. Um, and they know he's a, a singer, a musician, and, you know, like they, they, like once they, like they're ready to make their exit, they like get rowdy again and they, um, they put their masks back on. And that's when you know that they're about to like, you know, do their crazy shit again. And <laughs> I think I remember them just saying like, hey, like sing a song for us to Jordan. And I remember them grabbing him like by the chest, like by the jacket and ripping him off of this bench and like all of the color drained from his face. <laughs> and I, I mean, I can't imagine how he felt cause I was scared. 
and they dragged him outside. And I think they were, you know, it was like a situation like, hey, we're not going to whip you. This sounds fucking crazy saying this out loud, like that this happened. And, you know, like basically we won't whip you if you sing us a song. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he may have been on his knees. <laughs> I didn't I didn't witness it like firsthand, but I was still inside the house because I didn't want to leave. Um, and yeah, I think they made him sing a song and maybe they whipped him anyway because it sounds like something they would do. Um and then, you know, we, we were able to kind of witness it from the safety of a, like, a dark balcony so they couldn't see us. But, like, I have a video still on my phone of, like, you can hear, like, the cowbells jingling in the distance. And it's so eerie. And then they, like, come around a corner and, like, a bunch of kids are outside because it's, like, a fun thing. And, like, you know, like, trying not to get caught but still, like, trying to get caught at the same time. And I remember them, like, trying to, you know, like, telling the kids to, like, get on their knees and say a prayer or something. And then... They probably whipped them. Not, I mean, it wasn't like, like you know, they weren't like hurting the kids or anything. But, whew, man, I haven't, I haven't really thought about this story in a long time. And I'm like, every time I bring it up, I'm like, what is that? Like, I can't believe I was, I mean, I, I feel so grateful to have experienced that like little piece of their tradition. That is so crazy to me. But anyway, that's my take on Klausentag. And yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Sarah. I feel like we did, and I know that I did. And I want to thank you guys for listening to part one of the Talk special here on Artsy Farsi Immigrants. I hope you got a good laugh. I hope you learned something about this insane holiday. And I want to just repeat here that if you do support shows like this and content like this, you can go to patreon.com slash jordanprince to support us financially and even maybe as important or more important you can go to wherever you're listening to this program you can share us on spotify you can go to uh to itunes give us a comment or a share or a review it really helps new people find us and to find these stories um you can tell a friend about us it goes a long way for shows like this if you or someone you know is an artsy fartsy immigrant or you have a comment or a criticism that you'd like for us to know about you can write us directly on instagram at artsy fartsy immigrants or you can send us an email to podcast at m945.de thank you again so much for listening um thank you mo for producing this episode And I'm so excited to bring you guys part two next week. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.